0: here as always with my co-host Kevin. What's up? And we are Talking Trek. Here we are, Star Trek Discovery, Episode 2, Battle at the Binary Stars. So this episode um, starts off exactly where Episode 1 abruptly ended. It starts with the Klingon fleet uh, warping into um, Shinzu's territory. And um, so you see all the ships come in. I thought that was amazing. They did a really good job with that. We immediately go into a backstory. Hold on, you sounded like you needed to say something there.
1: I did. I liked it. But those ships were not your classic bird of prey. Yeah, I mean it didn't have to be now. the green no, bird of like, prey no, from a voyage home. But it, it there was no like bird of prey. I know. And
0: and you yeah, know, we didn't really talk about this in episode one. Um One of their ships has cloaking technology, which at that time did not exist, or at least was unheard of. So, um, you know, possibly this is their first go go-round with the cloak. So yes, their ships are different. Yes. You know, we talked about it a lot, um, in, in our first episode, our first podcast, the Klingons are different. Um, but let's talk about, um, The little flashback sequence we get to see um, Burnham's first day uh, aboard this ship. Um, Sarek brings her aboard. She is very Vulcan. You know, she's trying her hardest to be Vulcan because she spent so much time away from humans. That whole exchange in their transporter room, I didn't really like it because, again... As Sarek is leaving her, he turns and he looks at her and he says, kind of with a little bit of love behind it, behave, you know, and he, he tells her to behave and that's just not something Sarek would say, at least not my Sarek. So I still have a problem with her, with him treating her with love. He is still a Vulcan, even though she's a human, he, he doesn't even show that kind of emotion to Amanda. So, why is he giving it to her?
1: Right. I, I, I see where you're going with that. And I guess my best explanation on that is well, he treats her different than he would treat Spock. And, and Spock is his son and is half Vulcan, and Michael is, is, is not. She's human. And so maybe he treats them differently. That's what I can best tell myself so that I don't completely hate the fact that this is not the same Seraph that we're all used to.
0: I know. I'm going to have to get used to it, and I will. It's just that I'm not used to him showing anybody emotion.
1: Well, I, I did think it was telling that the, the first sequence is uh, that Michael didn't want to leave the, the Vulcans. That's she, a very good point. She, she wanted to stay with the Vulcans, and you remember Spock totally did not want to stay in the Vulcan science Academy He left. So That's I thought true. that was kind of telling about how different their, their mindsets were. That's true.
0: That's very true. Um, they're, they're making, um, Michael and Spock two very different creatures. So it will be interesting to see if the, if we ever get to see them cross paths. Um, so another thing, um, in the opening sequence of episode two, um, Michael comments about the transporter technology aboard the Shenzhou and that gives the captain the ability to talk about why the hell this ship doesn't look like the Enterprise. The issue I had was that this is set a decade before the original series and a hundred years after Star Trek Enterprise and your ship looks like ship from the enterprise your crewman's uniforms look more like the uniforms from star trek enterprise they it all looks more like enterprise than it does the original series and yet you know there's uh, there's 10 years between the original series and 100 years between enterprise so the point that i'm trying to make um this very long sentence I'm saying is that um, the point that I'm trying to make is that the captain says this is an old ship but she gets us where we need to go so that tells us why the ship and the uniforms and some of the technology look more like Star Trek Enterprise than Star Trek the original series because they're on an old ship right so that's a hole that they kind of filled for me. You know, they didn't touch on it in episode one. They filled that hole in episode two. So I'm a little bit satisfied with that. Right. Um, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. But the fact that when the Starfleet, the rest of Starfleet, warped into the scene, all the ships looked like that. So... You know, so they filled the hole, but then again, they didn't. So are they saying that at this point in time, the Enterprise is the newest ship in the fleet? Maybe that is what they're saying.
1: Right. Wasn't it the newest ship in the fleet? Right. You know, in the uh, most recent movie, um, they're essentially still working on it. Well, that's true. When when Kirk comes onto the ship. That is very true. That's a very
0: good point. But don't mix Prime and Kelvin timelines. You can't do that. This is prime timeline. This is prime timeline. This is not Kelvin timeline. So right, that makes sense. So I'm I'm okay with the fact that things don't look as they should. I guess. Um, I talked a little bit about it in episode one. I still haven't um, read the book that I'm that I'm getting that's supposed to fill a lot of these holes for me. Star Trek: Discovery, Desperate Hours. They talk about okay, this is. 10 years before we see our uh, our crew aboard the Enterprise in the original series but if you remember correctly there was an episode of the original series it was a two-parter called the Menagerie and in that, in those two episodes they used the unaired pilot um, as kind of a flashback sequence to when spock served under pike on the enterprise and so their uniforms still look very very different than what we're seeing in discovery and uh, i was crawling around on reddit and somebody mentioned that hey maybe those uniforms are specific to constellation class starships
1: right because they can have different uniforms for different classes starships. exactly
0: so y- you see not only um not only is um not only are the writers of the show the writers of the writer of this book that i'm going to read but also you know your fans they're filling in these holes everybody's making this okay we're going to get through this um, we're going to get through all the little discrepancies and really enjoy this show. All right. So now we're back to, uh, Kevin's favorite part, um, the Klingon speaking in Klingon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right?
0: Um, and you see, um, you see him talking to some of the houses that have answered the call of the beacon. Um, uh, they're trying to get them to stand together, uh, against Starfleet, um, and uh, then we go into this pretty epic battle sequence.
1: Right, and, and my couple of thoughts on the Klingons there, I mean, they were just a couple of tiki torches and bad haircuts away from being the alt-right people in <laughs> Charlottesville. Am I wrong there? I mean, their their message was, we want to keep our individuality, we don't want to be around the the Vulcans and the humans and the uh, was Andorians, and, and it was like... Very, very alt right sort of uh, rally cry there, and I can't help but think that the writers of this had that in mind.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. You know, I kept I kept thinking about you know when is a Klingon ever worried about their individual individuality? Well, you know, as soon as I say that out loud, a um, discovered country when Kronos was destroyed. You know the Klingons were worried that their um, their people were going to get taken over. Right. Uh, but that was that wasn't that was a few Klingons. You know, um, just like I think we're seeing here. I think I think we're
1: seeing right. You're seeing a subset of, uh, yes. of the Klingons. Yes. You're seeing some sort of leader rise up and give legitimacy to their alt-right views. Right. Very, you know, apropos. Yes, that's very good. That's
0: very good. So so we get into this epic battle sequence. We see Michael Burnham, who is trapped in the brig, which is a very uh, Kelvin timeline brig. Um, True. I like it, though. I I think it's a good design. Um, I will never, ever look at that design a, you know in a bad way because I always have thoughts of seeing uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan in that type of bridge, right. which was amazing for me so so that brings happy memories but so we see um the Shinzu take some pretty heavy fire they have some hull breaches, and we have that crewman. That's-
1: yeah, Colin. Poor Colin gets sucked out into the vacuum Poor of space. Poor Colin, who is great. I mean, I mean just he just seemed like cartwheeling through kicking. space. It's kicking. And one,
0: one more thing you can see as he's flipping through space is, and we haven't talked about this yet. Why the hell is everybody wearing white soled tennis shoes?
1: <laughs> and- <laughs>
0: Few times and it's just a few glimpses here and there, but they look like they're wearing black tennis shoes that have white soles on them, and I think they kind of, they're a little goofy looking. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, original series had very goofy looking boots. They did, but it was the '60s. Everybody wore goofy.
1: Looking. Right. I mean, they look like Beagle's boots. So, right. You they know, did. I get that.
0: <laughs> but everybody, everybody here wore the jinzu is wearing. You know
1: somebody's grandpa's tennis shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're all wearing uh, Chuck Taylors. Well,
0: they, now they're they're bigger soles than that. It's goofy. <laughs> when, when we watch the next episode, you got to watch for these shoes. They're, they're they're really silly. But okay, so back to this epic battle sequence. You see the star uh, all of these Starfleet ships warping in. Enterprise isn't there. Where the hell is she? But, right. you know, she's she's somewhere. But you've got all these ships that don't quite look like the Enterprise. And then you've got the one X-Wing that shows up out of nowhere. that's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just... I don't know what
1: that And we guy finally figured out where Pork exists.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that guy was doing there. But anyway, so um, we've got our crewman that gets sucked out into space. We've got another flashback for Burnham. Um... Back to when she was a child, and here we see, this is, um, this is pretty interesting. Sarek mind-melded with her as a child, um, to save her life, and that process somehow left a little bit of his contra behind. So now he and Burnham have this ability to telepathically communicate across the stars, all right. Um, so that's pretty neat. I don't know if we've seen that. All right. So Burnham is stuck in the brig and she's talking with Sarek through this super mind melt. I just don't like how emotional Sarek is here. Um, at one point, she says, You were never one to bolster my self esteem. And Sarek responds, with perhaps that's where I failed you. Why would he think he failed? He is a Vulcan. I mean, this is the issue that I'm going to have time and again with Sarek. He doesn't treat Amanda like this. He doesn't treat his human wife. He's been around humans before. He doesn't treat his human wife like this. So why is he treating this human like this? Is it he, I guess he raised her from a child, but he is still one hundred percent Vulcan. He does not have emotion.
1: I think we just have to don't the fact that we don't know their relationship. We have no previous reference to it. We just have to go with it. Yeah, I
0: know, I know. But until they fix it for me, I'm gonna have an issue with it.
1: No, you know, and they they, have, at some point they'll
0: backstory it. Yeah, they they have to backstory it a little bit more than what we've seen. To show me why he is so moved by this this single human
1: being when he's n- never been moved before. I mean, he's been moved enough to have a child before. I mean, he's obviously got a thing for humans. Maybe that's a
0: different kind of movement.
1: But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway,
0: so here we are, Birdham's stuck here, uh, stuck here in the brig. There's a big hole in the ship. Um, she can't die right i mean she's not gonna die and we have this crazy interaction going on on the bridge um the europa arrives to save the shenzhen from being destroyed in the binary asteroid field um and the admiral Thinks that um, they've agreed for a ceasefire, and then the Klingons rammed their invisible ship right through right through the Admiral's ship. And that was that was really awesome storytelling for me. I really, I really enjoyed the massive loss of life there. I mean, I don't enjoy the massive loss <laughs> of life, but I enjoy, you know, this is giving everybody something, um, major to fight for. Um, and that's something that Trek does on occasion very well. Um, they've just made a martyr out of how many hundreds of people on the Europa, um, who self-destructed to try to destroy the Klingon flagship. I mean, what did what did you think about what did you think about all of that Was it was it necessary I mean we're seeing I'm jumping ahead of myself here but we're seeing a lot of our key players in the first two episodes um, They're obviously not going to be back for the third
1: Right I think I think that's the point is I think uh, our key character might be stuck in uh, a brig uh, on a deck this has a hull breach, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, the Admiral uh, obviously uh, blew up the Europa, and it's probably done, and, you know.
0: Yeah, they, I mean, they could have jettisoned um, on the other side of the ship, but that was pretty uh, pretty quick circumstances there, so we'll see. I The Admiral was kind of cocky, in my opinion, anyways. So. Yes,
1: I wasn't actually all that sad to see, go. No, so. Yeah,
0: me neither, me neither. So, engaging the ethical
1: protocols
0: while in the brig, I thought, was uh, was a pretty neat way to escape Jake.
1: Yes, that was my second favorite part of this episode. I mean, it was awesome. Uh, she outlogics the computer.
0: I know, which is great. And she's human. I mean, you expect that from your your Spocks and your Cerex and everything. Right. So it's neat to see. I mean, I know that she was raised with the Vulcans or whatever, but she did That's a very good way to put it. She outlogicked the computer so it would ethically save her life. Yep. Uh, and, and that was really neat. It was also shot very well. Uh, I'm really enjoying um, the camera work that they're giving to us. Um, when, when the brig was depressurized and she was shot towards the blast door which is very Star Wars to me. I don't right. know how many times I've heard the word blast door in Star Trek but <laughs> we'll go with it. Um but just just that shot of her face um, like uh, getting cold from the vacuum of yes, space. that was breathing. awesome. That, that was, was a really good, good effect. It was a really good effect. I like how um very quickly from episode one to episode two, we've we we've spent more time talking about, I think, the things that we've liked in episode two, as opposed to episode one, we spent a lot of time talking about things that we didn't quite
1: like. And I don't think it was that I didn't like episode one, I just think I'm getting over the, the complaints. I agree. I, had. I agree. Um, you know, I didn't.
0: I liked episode one a lot. I was very entertained the entire show, much like episode two. Uh, But we are becoming... We are becoming more accustomed to what they're showing us. Um, And I hope that that reigns true for most of the viewership so we can keep
1: this going. Right. Because if without the subscriptions, it's not... It's not going to keep
0: keep going. going. Because you did mention earlier, these first two episodes... Um, are very elaborate in the production quality. In the production quality, and if if they don't get enough people to pay $9.99 a month for this, they're not going to be able to keep that up.
1: Right.
0: When Burnham gets out of the brig and she heads up to the bridge, and she ends up in the ready room with the captain talking about her mutiny. Um, at one point, she says something along the lines of. Uh, when trying to defend her actions she says something along the lines of I was trying to save you and the crew you guys were more important than basically Starfleet regulation that was to me that felt like a throwback to the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one you know that was a very Spock thing to do whether her choice was logical or not I mean, even she doesn't know if it was logical or emotional, but it she sacrificed herself to try to save everybody else, just like Spock did.
1: Right, but she's, and I hate to get ahead of ourselves here to the end of the episode, she's going to get a little more than a loss of rank. I liked that. that. Right. That one touched my heart a little bit.
0: So I'm talking um, about Burnham's little speech in the Captain's Ready room. Um, they're in there talking, and that's when they discover how they are going to disable the Klingons, because at this point, they don't, they don't want to kill Takuvma, because as Burnham states, they're going to make him a martyr, so they need to figure out how to capture him. Um, and then the Klingons start beaming in their dead, which we, we touched on a little earlier. Um, the Klingons that we really know um, didn't really care about the bodies. So I kind of get the feeling that they wrote in this whole Klingon death ritual because they needed a way to get that warhead into the Klingon ship.
1: Yeah, they did. But it was still my favorite part of the episode. Oh, it was great. like a problem solving. I mean, I could see it coming too. I'm like, oh, well, they're beaming and they're dead. Oh, now I know how they're gonna get the photon torpedo in there.
0: Yeah, it's great. I mean, it was, it was epic. Um, that it was, it was perfect. I love how they did that. But so they disable the ship, um, and uh, the captain and number one beam over to take Takuvma hostage, and that's when things just kind of fall apart on and. In episode two, we lose the captain.
1: Right, and my, I love that fight scene because Burnham's fighting um, Takuba's hype man. You know, right. the albino uh, Klingon. <laughs> right, and uh, she gets she goes all full on Sasha and gouges you know gouges his eye. I was like, I was like, man, that is great. Yes, that is- but then it went on to prove what I had said earlier. That in a fair fight no without, without a face or so she is the captain was no match yeah for the, the, for a Klingon. yeah the
0: klingons are warriors they're going to best you hand to hand every single time yep. um and so you know we see we see that we lose the captain um burnham of course gets rescued um
1: they i did like how the uh, when they were uh, leaving the whole scene where the Jettison the shuttles uh, off of the t- off of the uh, top of the ship.
0: Right? I love it's that. Awesome. That that was that was really good. I, I I really enjoyed that. So she's lost her her captain. Um, the ship is uh, all but done. We don't. I don't know. It's an old ship. They're probably going to be abandoned ship, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. All
1: the shuttles, you know. Yeah. Flew they, off. Yeah.
0: They they flew off. They're leaving it behind. It's done. Um, and then episode two wraps up. Um, you know, with her trial
1: right which you know a couple things about the trial that bothered me Okay, every other like you know disciplinary hearing we've ever seen is in in front of the the full council and they like have the whole academy there and you get to face your accuser
0: right you know the fact that they had um these three uh these three people shadowed um you know that i didn't like that um and i Let's talk about the original series episodes, the, the Menageries. When Spock gets put on trial for treason uh, due to his actions in, that ep- in those two episodes, they pull in three high-ranking officers uh, to be the judges of his trial. So, you know, I have to kind of think that guy in the middle is that Captain Pike. You know, you don't see his face, but they give him that very Captain Pike hairdo that we've all seen. Right. And so, you know, here I am. I'm constantly looking for tie-ins between our discovery and our original series. So you know, maybe that is Captain Pike. But yeah, I did. I didn't like how they were shadowed. Um, and, and you're right. There was no audience. There's all. There's always an audience. Right. Know?
1: And and how many times have you actually seen in the Star Trek universe someone go to prison? Right. I mean, I, presumably they still have prison. Presumably there's still some forms of punishment. But you know, uh, Kirk went from admiral to captain for similar actions. Granted, now Kirk saved. You know, people Earth. Have, I mean, Earth. saved Earth. I mean, I guess she started a helped start a war. I mean if she'd had a better outcome, would Mia you know, Mutiny just lose uh, her rank?
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe so. Um, you not know not life in prison. So I'm thinking, um Star Trek Voyager, I wanna say, um, they had a a crewman that was in prison. Right. Um, Tom Paris he was in prison I believe okay um, so you know that so it doesn't happen that often but it's it still does happen but I think that's
1: the premise of the story going forward from what I've seen in the next week's episode that is the premise it's yes she and that's where the rest of I think the regular cast is gonna come in so these these two episodes were just set up right right
0: so we're gonna see her kind of continually fighting against her past as this series progresses
1: right and she's this weird mix of vulcan logic and human emotions and and both of them aren't necessarily serving her well
0: right right it's a struggle
1: and it's always going to be a
0: struggle so hopefully um we will obviously get to meet some interesting new people in episode three um, I hope that any listeners that we have out there continue to enjoy it and watch along with us um, as we go through Star Trek Discovery. Again, a big shout-out to Amanda Lynn Photography of Oklahoma City for making this podcast possible with the donated equipment. Kevin, thanks for sitting here and enjoying another, another evening with me. Um, I'll see you next week.
1: See you next week.